Welcome to the All About the Journey podcast, hosted by Wisdom Moon, where you'll hear inspiring conversations with Christian leaders from various backgrounds and industries that are making kingdom impact. Now, here's your host, Wisdom Moon. Sweet. Hey, today I am here with Stacy Wilbur. Welcome, Stacy, to the podcast. Thank you, Wisdom. It's so good to see your face, and it's been a little while since we've connected, so this is so fun. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to chatting with you. Awesome. So for you know, maybe those of us that uh, haven't heard your story of like your upbringing and how you landed in Nashville, doing the music thing, <laughs> maybe you could share a part of your life story, you know. <laughs> In two minutes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the cool part about my story, I think, is that it's a little bit different than most uh, those that are flowing through the music industry. I mean, grew up in a really small town of 750 people. I like to oh, say wow. 749 because I'm the only one that moved <laughs> away. Um I was a weird kid who loved music and sports and wanted to see the world. And, you know, I grew up in a farm town and everyone just took over their parents' farm or their, yeah. the, their job there. But I had, I just was a weird kid and wanted to see the world. And so at a little age, I was the weird kid looking at the J cards and listening to a whole entire LPs yeah. and who wrote this. And, and I just was very curious about who played on different, um, uh, different songs. And so when I got older, I was always into music. I was always singing, um, said I had the, the dream and heart of moving to Nashville. My parents used to bring me to what now is called CMA week, but fanfare mm. back then. So from eight, eight years old on, we were always coming to Nashville and I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville and do this. And <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much, if, if I have my head, head headed in that direction, then you're, you're going to see that I'm doing that. But I got a degree in elementary education as kind of a backup plan. Oh. <laughs> um, moved, but it helped me to move to Nashville, taught school for a year and spent all my time meeting as many people as I could. I ended up on the road on the weekends with um, this little small group of old people called the Gaither Homecoming. Gosh, remember when I used to go on the road with you guys? I, I didn't know who any of those people were, but it got me into the industry and I was selling merch and doing whatever I could on the road with them. And um, then found my way through EMI. Uh, Christian was very my very first job in mm. the music industry, really. Um, I actually had a job before that for the summer as a receptionist at a company on Music Row. And I always talk oh. about how like I've made it. I've, <laughs> you know, if I do nothing else, at least I can say I've worked on Music Row. Yeah. But thankfully got an opportunity to work at EMI Christian and help work with people like Chris Tomlin and Matt Redman and the worship together days were mm. all us in the publishing starting that. And then, I also had a heart and passion for country music because it's what I grew up listening to. So then I went over and worked with EMI country uh, for many years with people like Stapleton. I was watching him last night in the ACM awards and um, just a really great six or seven years of learning um, what it's like to work in the secular industry, which I loved. And um, 
then I had a had a, a small time over there with uh, Brentwood Benson. I left you in my country to help run uh, the publishing side of Brentwood Benson, along with starting a country division uh, with Brian White and Steve Dean and um, a guy named Jerry Sally and Chris Sly, who wrote a uh, number one song for Rascal Flats for us during that time, and and then EMI Country or uh, Brentwood Benson merged with EMI Christian. So I ended up back at the same place that I started from. Wow. So the key is always don't burn bridges wherever you do, because you might end up at the place that you left. And um, I was there for another couple of years. And then um, we I ended up leaving to go work for a guy named Seth Mosley at Full Circle Music. And I've been there for the last uh, four years. And uh, man, we have done so many amazing, um, so many, many opportunities there just uh, um, raising up young songwriters and just encouraging and um, doing so many types of training and coaching, which I had never really done it in that way before, but um, it was, yeah, a really great season. And then just recently, um, my friends that I've been friends with for 20 years, um, Chris Tomlin and Jason Ingram started their own um, publishing company. And so I just recently started working there and running the publishing company there. So that has not been completely announced yet, but we're, we're <laughs> um, but we are running full force and uh, things are rocking and rolling and we're having a great time. So, wow. So, man, so you've been in it for a a minute. <laughs> I've been in it for 20 years and man, wow. it, it is, you know, we were talking um, last week about, I was talking to David Smallbone actually, who manages for King and Country. And when I met him, Rebecca St. James, who's his daughter, and we were talking about what's, what is the one thing that has kept us in the game mm -hmm. and how we've not become jaded. Now, mm -hmm. I definitely probably had some moments and some days where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to keep doing this, but mm. I will say that my passion for music, my passion for wanting to encourage, inspire, and help songwriters create mm. the best songs that they can, I think that has the thing that keeps me going. And also just, you know, my foundation with the Lord as well. I mean, that's that's the number one. And then the passion comes from that as well. And I still get so excited. I heard a new song this morning that this young writer played for me. And I was like, Oh my word, this is so, this is so good. So good. And I just still get so excited about mm -hmm. songs. I can't wow. get away from it. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, there's a lot of songs being written and that have been written. I don't know how many songs there are, you know, in existence already, but, uh, you know, Spotify alone, they say that there's about 60,000 songs being uploaded to their platform every single day. So that's over a million songs. So alone. many, yeah. Um, how do you, like, see the value in people continuing to write songs? You know, like, what's the why behind the the fact that you know you're trying to invest into other songwriters to keep writing songs because there's already so many songs out there so what would you say to somebody that you know is going like why should i 
even write songs? Yeah, why should I keep writing? Several different reasons. I think, you know, some of the great writers I look at, and well, I'm going to go in, I'm going to step into the, uh, the secular world, but someone like Bruce Springsteen always wrote over a hundred songs to get to those 10 songs that were on his album. Sometimes it takes a lot of songs to get to those. Um, you've got really good songs, but it's hard to get to those really great songs. Those really great songs don't come out every single time. That's one, um, just persistence and continuing writing, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing until you get to that one. Yeah. And then, and then also I just think, you know, everyone's lane is a little bit different and um, not everyone is going to have a song that's going to uh, land and be on Caleb. Not everyone's song is going to land on the radio. Not everyone's song is going to get cut, but you may be a worship leader. You may be a songwriter that's playing at a, um, at a venue and that one person needs to hear that song. Mm -hmm. That one person is going to be affected by that song. That one person may not take their life because of hearing that one song. So I think I try to encourage people all the time, like, you know, stay in your lane, bloom where you're planted. If you aren't living in Nashville, um, it's okay you know, play your songs for as many people as you can. Now we're in that, this place where you've got YouTube and Instagram live and Facebook live. You can highlight your music through all those resources. Now we didn't used to have those. Um, even we did before 2020, but no one was using them in that way. And so you actually can highlight your songs um, through those resources. And so I think, Again, I just always say songs, songs really, songs matter. Um, your songs matter. And, and again, it may not be for radio. It might be. And that's amazing. And that's a gift that the, that lane is, is narrow. Um, but not to get, um, not to get disappointed or distracted by the fact that I'm not getting a publishing deal or this isn't happening, but to, Stay in your lane, do your thing, bloom where you're planted, and great songs always rise to the top. Mm -hmm. So um, that's my encouragement to people is I just think we get a little narrow-minded and if it's not gonna make it to radio, then it's not a song that can be that can be effective. And I really think there's so many places for songs to to find their home in. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and it's very true. You know, there's a reason that God's given somebody a song. And sometimes it's even just for your own personal you know, time with the Lord. Sometimes it's for a broader purpose. Uh, I feel like you've been a champion of songs and songwriters, you know, longer than some people <laughs> who are listening or watching this. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that like you've been able to do this and still feel excited when you hear a new song, I think that just speaks volumes. And uh, every time I get to, you know, hang with you and spend some time with you, you're such an encouragement. And it just seems like that's a part of like who you are is to encourage mm -hmm. other people, see, you know, the potential in somebody and see the you know positive in somebody 
but we all know you know within the music industry like you're saying you know people get jaded there's a lot of things that could you know become a hindrance or that people can decide to look at negatively and so how do you keep your perspective you know um the way that you do where you do feel like man god's still in this and doing something um again probably several things number one is just making sure my i'm grounded my foundation is good and um um you know, guarding my heart and always making sure that that um, the things that are coming out of my mouth are <laughs> are 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 good and and encouraging to other people. And part of that is also making sure that I have good community around me. Um, I think that is helpful to just have like-minded people around me having accountability and double checking myself when it feels like I'm, you know, wandering off a little bit. It's good to have, you know, I think sometimes we think we have to have 10 or 15 people around us, but it's good to have, you know, a couple, two or three that you can um, uh, have a safe place to, to have conversations. I also yeah. have a crew of other publishers that I connect with on a weekly basis um, and there's, there's a group of us that get together, you know, we try to get together monthly and just, you know, encourage each other, share our hearts, share songs that we're excited about. And I think community is so important. Um, when we put ourselves in an island of this is mine and um, I want to hold on to this so that I have 100% of it. Well, that's great, but it's like it's so much more fun to share it with others. Mm -hmm. and. Um, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. And I think that that's how I've, I think, stayed excited is just having good people around me, making sure I'm grounded and spending, spending, you know, it's like, what was my quiet time look like? I mean, we talk a lot about with worship leaders, you can't take somebody, um, you can't take somebody somewhere that you've not already been hmm. and so um, making sure that i'm prepared for the week and ready to go um, in many different ways so yeah uh, so you mentioned you get together with other publishers uh regularly how do you approach that and like the other publishers approach that where you know i would say in most industries, if you're doing the same thing as somebody else at another company, you see them as a competitor. Uh, so how do you actually like navigate that in the publishing world? Is there like not really competition or is it still competitive, but you guys have decided to link arms? Again, I think we can do a whole lot more if we're linking arms together. Obviously there's times when we're doing our own thing, but then again, I think it's, it creates this amazing community when, and when things happen, it's like, again, we get to all cheer each other on and get excited for each other when we're doing it together. It's, it's much more fun to do it with family than it is to, again, be in a, be an Island. And again, it's like, there are times when you're, you're, you know, there is some, I don't know. I haven't, we haven't really used that word 
competitiveness. <laughs> um, we just all want our our all of our hearts as publishers is we want to see our writers um, do well. We want we want to get them cuts. We want to get them in the right rooms. And I think we all know that you know um, we're trying to be guided and directed and have wisdom to know which rooms are our writers mm. supposed to be in and 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 again just championing each other it's like there's times when i see songs come up and it's like i have nothing to do with that song but it's one of my favorite songs and vice versa so i love that we can create that community and hopefully that's a ripple effect throughout the industry yeah as a publisher do you know about how many songwriters you've signed or been a part of signing in your career oh, <laughs> you know what i have no idea i should probably, probably <laughs> i should probably write that down somebody asked me what my favorite um my favorite um cut was um the other day and it was funny because there was one um it's a real old song called um, can't live a day without you it was an old Avalon song that oh, yeah. Connie Harrington wrote and we were laughing because she I didn't even remember that I was the one that was like cheering on that song it was one of those songs that wasn't going to make the record and I guess I kept I kept bringing it up and bringing it up when I find a song I love I don't give up quite easily so um uh Yes, I don't. I don't even really know how many writers that I've, I've worked with a lot, um, and it's just been. I love how, throughout my like even Chris Tomlin, like working with him in 1997, 98, and now working mm -hmm. with him in this, in this new um, way is is just an honor. Like it's mm -hmm. so cool to see things kind of come around full circle and. Um, and it's fun to look back and go, oh, I learned so much from that season, mm. but then there's so much to learn from this present season as well. Yeah. And it's as exciting as it was in each previous, you know, I think you, you learn a little, you learn things through each season and then you take it along with you through the next one and hopefully do better than you did the last season so <laughs> so this publishing company i think um you mentioned uh, briefly in the beginning of the interview uh, but you're helping chris tomlin and jason ingram start this publishing company uh, are you responsible also for signing songwriters we are all as a team looking and signing people so we're uh definitely um, we have we have some that we're already in the process of signing, and then obviously I'm I'm looking and every single day uh, hmm. listening to songs and meeting with songwriters and artists and um, just having fun seeing what's out there. Like it's been really cool to even hear songs from smaller churches, and it's like what what's hmm. out there that's not being heard or seen, and um, um, finding some gems out there, which is so fun so how do you hear those songs do you look them up like on youtube or spotify or is it mainly like people sending you stuff people sending me stuff the one thing that i found recently was from was sent from a old intern who said hey oh, wow. i i just produced this what do you think and literally 
tears, tears. Wow. And I was like, uh, I got to pay attention to that. And, mm. um, you know, introduced myself to the worship writer who was had no intention, you know, they're just doing their thing at their church and providing an outlet for their congregation to uh, get to hear their songs on, on streaming services. And, and, uh, and I don't know what will happen with that, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely a song that touched my heart that um, I can't wait to, you know, talk a little bit more about, but yeah, it's usually either attorneys or your peer is ask at BMI CSAC. Um, managers will often, you know, mention, or again, publishers were always talking about, hey, have you heard this new guy? It's not something we can work with, but you mm -hmm. should check them out. So again, working together is always yeah. good. So when you're looking for songwriters to sign, like uh, staff writers, uh, of course, the songwriting has to be good. You know, that's kind of a given, right? Yeah. Um, but as far as the person, what are you looking for in a songwriter outside of like being able to write great songs? You know, is there character traits or personality traits that you're looking for? What's that process like? Yeah, definitely, you know, someone who is obviously passionate about the music, passionate about um, passion and hard worker, someone that, you know, we want it's always easier to work with songwriters that you're having to um, keep up with than yeah. songwriters that you're having to drag along. It's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> um, I would much rather slow someone down than try to speed somebody up. So that work ethic um, is, yeah. is really important. I think songwriters who also get this community aspect of you know, they're not going to be an island, that they're going to be a team player. And, and you know, we're not going to always work together, but at least someone who has that team aspect who's um, not going to be just like, you know, on an island. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I think those are the those are the keys, hard work and passion. Mm -hmm. Um, someone who has a teachable spirit, especially if it's a new young writer, mm -hmm. we want to work with people who want to learn, want to know what the culture is and how to get in a room. I mean, especially with new songwriters, if they've never co-written or written in a room with other people, allowing um, that teachable spirit to be able to go, okay, this is you know, maybe next time don't talk so much, or maybe yeah. next time you need to talk a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, um, but that teachable spirit and, you know, someone that's not going to come in um, filled with offense because, you know, mm -hmm. the enemy loves to bring that into our lives, but someone who's, you know, open-handed and knows, but also knows who they are as a songwriter. I love finding songwriters who are like, this is who I am. This is what I do. This isn't really what I, isn't what I do, but I'm willing to learn if you, you know, if you want to head in that direction, it's like, you know, you get some songwriters who are like, I write everything, but none of what they write is great. And then you get those writers who are like, I'm a worship writer. This is what I do. And uh, that kind of helps me come alongside them because it's like, I know who they are. So songwriters who are like, I know who I am. I know what I do well. 
let's do this. And, you know, when you start having success, then you can, then you can broaden the lanes a little bit more. But I think when you're a new songwriter, it's like stick to what you know well. Let's get some cuts under your belt. And then we can widen that a little bit. Yeah. So you uh, use the word success as a songwriter, you know, in the publishing world. Uh, and I've, you know, worked in publishing. Um, success looks, you know, sometimes different than maybe as an artist or even other industries. Um, and there's, you know, obviously a lot of songwriters these days that are wanting to become successful and sees, you know, some kind of success. Um, and I think everybody probably has a different definition of like what success looks like. Um, how long would you say typically you see a songwriter um, seeing success with their songs, whether it's, you know, starting to get some decent cuts or being able to maybe support themselves uh, for the most part through songwriting. But do you have an idea of like how long does that normally take? You know, is it a, mm -hmm few months a few years a decade <laughs> well the 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 and it's a joke that i think everyone says but it's not necessarily a joke because it can take this long but you know they say that nashville is a 10-year town and mm. that's a long time and i know can um uh, really kind of give anxiety to songwriters <laughs> when you say that because it's like nobody wants to wait that long mm. but um I would say that five to 10 years is really kind of the sweet spot. It takes a long time for once you move to Nashville. A lot of times I think that five to 10 year town, people think, oh, well, that's, you know, I did five years in Texas. So now I just need five more years. But it really starts when you move to Nashville, hmm. um, unless you've been coming back and forth and you've established relationships, because it really is all about relationships. It's all about the people that, not just about who you know, but, really establishing those relationships and becoming friends with people that is really important and that takes time mm -hmm. and energy and um you know often it can take it's just it just depends on um the level of a songwriter that you are once you once you get signed to a publishing deal but um it can take that five years for some it's it's one to three, you know, you, when you're signing to a publishing company, you're signing and it's like, but it takes a year to get your catalog built up. Mm. It takes some time to um, start getting cuts. And again, it's, it can be different for some people, but the majority, um, you know, it takes a while. I mean, you look at um, even like someone like Jason Ingram, you know, he, when he first got signed, I think, and I may get this wrong, so don't completely quote me on it, but you know, it took a couple years before he got his first couple of cuts. Mm. And, um, and I know, especially in the country world, that is definitely the case. Mm. It, it can take several years before you get your first cut, you know, and that might not even be a single. Um, mm. I know songwriters who, you know, five, 10 years, and it's like, they're just getting their first number one. Um, so, you know, and that's where perseverance, that will be another character trait as a songwriter. If it's what you feel like you're called to do, and you can't think of doing anything else, then 
you just have to have the patience and the perseverance to continue to knock down those doors and keep showing up. I mean, that's the other thing too. Someone that just keeps showing up, that's not going to be, um, I mean, it's part of my job to keep everybody encouraged. Mm. So they keep showing up. But yeah. if you don't have a publisher, you know, that's that's a trait that needs to be in you. Keep showing up. Keep going to the shows or go on the shows online or, you know, keep keep doing the Instagram lives, the Facebook lives. Keep doing some YouTube um, videos to highlight your songs. It's like you have to be seen now since, you know, we haven't been we haven't necessarily been on on the road and doing yeah. concerts. It's like what are what are new ways that you can be? Um, seen and heard and your music seen and heard so um so i'm like did i answer the question <laughs> yeah yeah that definitely did <laughs> i think a lot of people you know um i you know work with a lot of artists and independent artists brand new artists and i think a lot of uh people want that microwave success <laughs> where it's like hey I wrote this one song and spent money getting it produced and I wanted to, you know, blow up and get me signed. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's and what, also give it, get me a dub award at the same time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, ask that, ask that question to Chris Stapleton. Like it took so many years, so many years that he kind of, you know, once he got signed to universal, even once he got signed to universal, um, it still didn't look like it was going to happen. And mm -hmm. that was, you know, over 10 years. So, um, you know, I just even think about songs and in, in catalogs and publishing catalogs. It's like, there's some gems in there that we need to not give up on because um, just because they were written five or 10 years ago, doesn't mean they're not still special. So I, I love yeah. listening through catalogs and uh, trying to find the gems and, yeah. Seeing what we can we can find to uh, get that out there. But yeah, even the Dev Awards, it's like you know, it's um, not everybody's going to get one. But again, your song may be used for a certain other platform mm -hmm. um, in your church that's going to um, really be a defining moment for someone in their life. Uh, so yeah. I, so when you look at su success, it's like Dove Award, yes, that's great, but is my song going to impact one person's life? It's like for the one, you know, um, just think a lot. I think often about that Jen Johnson song um, for the one that she wrote. And it's like, I think often we, we forget that because we want the stadiums and we want the um, platforms, um, but it really is about the one and um, encouraging that one person because that one person is going to be a ripple effect of whoever else is in that person's mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Uh, so let's pretend that you can go back in time <laughs> to okay. the young Stacy. Maybe you know she's twenty years old. <laughs> okay. So I guess that's kind of like when you first started in the yeah twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking back, if you could go back and give yourself you know, a piece of advice or a couple of things that you would say, man, mm. it would have been so good to know this, you know, 20 years ago, what would you say? I would say, number one, I would say, um, 
maybe be a better listener. I think mm -hmm. as a publisher, especially, um, yeah, probably be a better listener is probably the number one. I think I'm a pretty good listener, but I think I could have been a better listener. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that might be my number one, actually. And, okay. and also, too, I think fear sometimes held me back from uh, opportunities. And mm -hmm. I think some of that was fear that I put on myself um, as a female, as a, as a lady in the, in the industry. And that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about trying to create and help encourage these young women who are just getting ready to go into the industry to know who they are, to be confident mm. and not to be afraid. I mean, we talk all the time now about doing one thing that may, that is kind of fearful. One thing that's, mm. a, that makes you a little afraid. Um, what is that one thing? So every Friday kind of, you know, whether you're in an office situation or even with your friends, it's like, what's one thing that I did was that was a little scary this week. Mm. And that's something that I think I probably um, fear got the best of me, I think, in, in certain situations. Um, and had I not had that fear, I think there would have been hmm. more accomplished, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. And I mean, really, up until I think recently, there really haven't been a ton of female leaders in the Christian music industry. So I'm super excited to see that, you know, change and uh, even see just more diversity in the Christian music industry. Uh, and a lot of the people that are in the industry that uh, make things happen are mm -hmm. behind the scenes like yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not the ones on the stage in front of everybody, but there's a lot of people involved in just getting one song out there, or, you know, just yeah. one launching one artist. Uh, but you've been, you know, just so instrumental in developing, you know, young female leaders in the industry, and you're very passionate about that. So, uh, do you want to share a little bit about like what you're doing uh, for that community in Nashville, and maybe even if you have a vision, you know, a year from now, what you want it to look like? Yeah, it's funny. Um... When I was working at Full Circle, we had a bunch of interns. And honestly, this wasn't something that I created or something that I even thought about, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I honestly felt one day God say, why, why are you in this little room by yourself? You need to be in the room where all the interns are. And you need mm. to be hearing what they're saying. And you need to be teaching them. And I was like, OK. So <laughs> I argued with him a little bit about that because I was like, I get more done when I'm not in that room. Um, but honestly, this little group, um, one night I was, we were talking about movies is really what we were talking about. I had, you know, six girls, five or six girls over to my house. I made them dinner and we never made it to the movie. We sat and talked from like six o'clock until 10 o'clock at night in my kitchen. And so we ended up probably twice a week, twice a month, we would meet at my house and just have a meal together. Mm. And then in the midst of that, that kind of grew to about 10 people over the year. And then my pastor at um, the belonging kept saying, this is a, con this is a connect group. And I'm like, Nope, <laughs> no, I don't want more people. This 10 is a lot. 
Yeah. And because there was mentoring going on, there was, mm. you know, we had artists and songwriters and um, girls that wanted to be managers. They were in, they were all in school still. And um, so now we are four years in and we did open it up. And now oh. first it was girls from 18 to 25. And now we've kind of opened that up even more because I really think that the younger women can learn from the older women, women mm. and vice versa. And, you know, we have a good group of, you know, 20 to 30 people that show up every other Thursday and um, oh. about 70 people total on our Jeez. little group me. And basically we come together, we have community, we, you know, girls are, are finding their pockets of community where mm. we've got photographers and makeup artists. It's a, it's a, I mean, it could totally be a record label of itself, but we, you know, my goal is for them is to just create community, encourage them, create a foundation. So they're prepared for when they're, you know, and, and some of them actually, some of them have jobs now in the industry. Mm -hmm. There's some girls that are in marketing that, you know, were rocking, rocking social media for the ACMs yeah. last night. I was so proud of, of, of Kayla, like she was killing it. And, um, uh, and then we've got artists that are getting songs out and every single person in the, in the group is helping with that and celebrating those things. Um, but I'm excited cause I, I just met with a bunch of girls from Montana mm. a couple weeks ago and that was by accident again. And, you know, I think people just need to be encouraged and they need their own community. And it's like, okay, now we got you all together. Why don't you meet once a month and pray for your churches? There were eight different churches involved in that. Pray for your churches, pray for each other. Like what is, what does your church need to be? Um, what songs does your specific church need to be um, singing right now? You know, each church has a different culture. So write those songs that your church needs at the moment. But I don't know. I, I see it kind of growing a little bit more, but I also see it's a it's a ripple effect because now some of those girls that have been with me for the four years now, they're becoming, you know, leaders as well. And they're, you know, they're leading some of the girls that are in the group. So it's just it's so cool. I mean, I'm I'm big sister. I'm Mama Stacy. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> you know, it, it's just really sweet to see them growing into strong leaders who are looking at and i'm going to go there looking at maybe the grammys and going mm. uh, this isn't how i see women need to be uh mm. portrayed and looked at and i want to i i want my kids to be able to watch the grammys and um yeah. and uh they're saying that not me and i and i and i'm like yeah good for mm. you because i yeah i think that that I just love their heart and passion for what they want to write secular music, but they want to write popular uh, or uh, positive secular yeah. music. That's going to encourage and inspire the world. Mm, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing that. Cause I do think, you know, that's something that you don't have to do, but you feel like, you know, God's kind of put you in that position to be able to speak into, you know, the younger generation of people coming up in the industry. Um, I think we definitely could use more people like you. <laughs> so, well, yeah. well, there's like, there's, there are a lot more out there. And I, I just, again, I'm honored every Thursday when they come, 
I'm usually exhausted when they get there, but then after they leave, I'm in tears because I'm like, mm. this is the next generation. And I'm so grateful mm. to be a part of guiding and directing and pushing them out the door, you know, and um, it's very exciting to see what God is doing yeah. in this in this environment and and in other places too. It's not just mm. in these in this group, but um, it's an honor and it's it's kingdom work and it's probably one of the best things that I get to be a mm. part of. Man. That's yeah, super inspiring. Um, and how can you know people that want to connect with you? Um, maybe you know they want to reach out to you or have a follow up question. How can they connect with you? Yeah, I mean, best way is I'm on my Instagram all the time. I may not. Oh well, I do post a lot. I like I like. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually going to always be in posting something encouraging. So, um, yeah. my Instagram is just Stacy Wilbur, S T A C E Y W I L L B U R. Um, yes, you can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best way you can DM me there, and I'm on it yeah. every single day. So, cool. Well, and or Facebook. Much. Facebook is the same. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And I think it's such an inspiring, you know, journey that you've been on and to see what God's doing in your life now and how you've been just faithfully, you know, um, walking in obedience each day. Um, and we're excited to see the publishing company launch. Uh, what was the name of it again? It's called Tim Publishing. So you'll hear you'll hear more about it in in May. Well, does Tim stand for something? Tomlin Ingram music. Oh, I figured it was Tomlin Ingram, but then I didn't know what the M was. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, for those of you listening to this, you're probably one of the first to hear it. So yes, <laughs> I'll be looking for that. It will probably be announced everywhere because um, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're excited to see your journey and this new season of your life and career ministry. So uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks, wisdom. And I just want to tell you too, like what you're what you do as well is just it's awesome. I follow you all the time and and love how you are encouraging people and raising people up and and doing everything that you can to um, you know, just point people in the right direction and give them bits of information. I'm always like, wait, I didn't know that. This is such good information. <laughs> so and also there's times when it's like you quote a scripture and it's like, oh, I really needed that. So um, just want to thank you for what you thank do you. as well and um, praying for you and what you are doing in your family. And uh, thank you for keep going, keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's important work. Thank you so much. That's super encouraging. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the All About the Journey podcast. To connect with Wisdom, you can find him on Instagram at Wisdom Moon or Facebook at Wisdom Moon Official. To check out the show notes of this episode, head over to allaboutthejourneypodcast.com. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. We'll see you next time.